Hello there, green team. What's happening? I'm excited to be hanging out with you today. Uh, it's funny because in most of these podcasts lately, I've had other guests and a lot of coordination. And today it's just me and you. So I'm happy to be here hanging out with you. And the topic of today's podcast is uh, about my love letter to you, which is my new book. And it's weird that it's not a printed book, so I can't hold it up for you, but it's the Climate Action Challenge, and the subtitle is A Proven Plan for Launching Your Eco Initiative in 90 Days. So if anybody's hopping on, then definitely say hi and love to hear where you're joining from and what's going on. Um, but I thought I would start by telling you a little bit of the story of the writing process, because I think I talk a lot about what's actually in the book. Um, so this isn't my first rodeo writing a book. The first book that I published was in 2012, which was Tuning In to Inner Peace. And one of the things that I realized was that when so I wrote the book, the few people that read it thought it was great, <laughs> but, um, but I didn't really know how to get the book out to people. And so I've actually been, and then I wrote another book, which, which had kind of similar results. And so I was like, all right, I want to write a book about this whole green team thing, but I don't want to do it in a way that it doesn't reach people again, because that would just be too painful. <laughs> so, uh, so what I did was I, I started thinking about this back in 2018 when I started the Green Team Academy. And before that, I had spent decades, you know, floundering, trying to make an impact for the environment, trying to be a good steward and really wasn't able to. And so um, when I started Sustainable Revolution Longmont. We changed the course of that city in a couple of years. And it was like, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that's how you did it. And I started a team in Congress Park. And so I got this team idea. So in 2018, I founded Green Team Academy. And yeah, if you're just joining and want to pop a comment in, love to say hi. Um, but yeah, so I thought from 2018, okay, when people form teams and get together, they can make a difference. So I want to write a book about it, but I first need to, I need to get some stories and I need to get some people working on this. So in, I actually wrote the book starting from February 1st, and then it just got, came out the end of July, but I've really been working on the ideas of the book for the last couple of years. Um, and so that was kind of the, so I thought, all right, I can't, I, I know the theory. I know that you just need to start a team and you need to do these certain steps, but I need more stories. So in 2018, I started the podcast and started interviewing people. And then in 2019, I ran the accelerator lab where I got to work with 20 teams across Metro Denver, faith communities and all kinds of folks. Um, and so I, so I started gathering all these different stories. And then as I continued the podcast, Earth Week Summit, then I was interviewing enough folks. So I got to the point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to write this thing. 
And so then in February is when I, I applied to be part of this author incubator program and I got accepted. And then I called my friend Susan and said, okay, I want to write this book. The program is, I don't remember. It's like about $20,000. It's a lot, but I thought, okay, if I write a book, I want it to be, I want it to work. I want it to get out there. And so I, um, so she's my sponsor and she helped me get it going. And so then I just worked with this author incubator program that they gave me deadlines. And it was really interesting because when I had written books myself, I did it. I don't know. It's what they call what I understand now. They call it writing yourself into a corner. I just wrote a chapter every month and saw where it went. And that's actually not a great way to write a book. So instead, working with this author incubator program, what they helped me figure out is what is the end goal? And my end goal with the book is that cities and um, you know, governments, corporations, communities understand that mentoring and mobilizing teams is the way to have this massive transformation. So we kind of worked back from there. All right, if that's the end goal, what should the book be about? What should it be written? And then we had to figure out from there, it, I had to figure out a purpose and a focus for every single chapter. But what was cool was with the author incubator, they gave me that structure of saying, okay, in the first the first chapter is you relating to the your reader, talking to your reader where they are and where they want to go. And the next chapter is your story. And then, then you kind of have your system, you go through that, and then you tell them, okay, what happens if you hit obstacles? And yeah, so it was amazing to actually work with somebody who could guide me through that process of, of actually writing the book. So so the way that that ended up kind of coming um, together was that, so in the first, the first third, and by the way, so the book is available free, so you can download it now through August. So I hope that you will do that. It's also on Amazon. Um, it happens to be available for free for a few days on Amazon right now. So if you wanna pick it up there and um, leave a review, that would be awesome. Um, so the way the book is kind of set out is in that first part, it's all about the stories and it's the stories of people that have come to me, people that have found me and, and then my story. And, you know, my story is basically this idea that I grew up with very good people teaching a very solid ethic about how to be kind to each other and taking responsibility for your fellow humans um, but what they didn't have is they didn't really have the environmental ethic. And I think that is the big missing piece that, that, you know, every indigenous culture already, they have that, they have that stewardship of, of the gifts of mother earth and living in this interconnected way. And that's the part that most of us are missing that we're raised in this more traditional Western, um, culture and, and so, so the first part of the book is, is my story. The next part is key concepts. So it is things like that, like not understanding um, concepts like biomimicry, 
So the wisdom of the elders and that, you know, things like jellyfish are our elders. Jellyfish have figured out how to live without polluting the space around them. Abalone have figured out how to make high pressure ceramics with non-toxic materials that are biodegradable. So all of these, so understanding that what we as humans think of may is probably not the greatest solution. And even when it comes to our environmental solutions, that our thinking is probably too much stuck in that industrialized mindset. And so when we can figure out how to be more in relationship with nature, that's where we're going to have our power. So, so a couple of those other concepts, those key concepts that I didn't get. So, you know, I was passionate about the environment. I went into engineering to try to be part of the solution, but I didn't have the, the mindset of, of understanding systemic oppression. I wasn't keyed into the fact that every environmental problem has its roots in systemic oppression. You know, we see things like a fracking site, like the Bello Romero School um, in Greeley. That fracking site was initially in a wider, wealthier neighborhood and got pushed to a, a lower income, more um, community of color. And, and so that kind of thing, all the, a lot of the pollution that happens is because the people in power allow it to happen in an area where they are not living, where they don't take responsibility, where we don't take responsibility. So that's one of those, those kind of key concepts that, that, uh, that I want people to, to understand. And another thing that is um, really important, you know, a lot of people know about Greta Thunberg and they, they know that Greta, maybe you know that she was autistic, but you, you or is autistic, but you may not know the backstory of her family in the book, Our House is on Fire, is about this thing of how somebody that is sensitive. So maybe if you're interested in this, you might be one of those really sensitive people that understands like when animals are animal populations are, are dropping off. That means animals are dying. Animals are not being able to be reproducing. And you feel that very deeply. Well, that was Greta's thing was she was feeling the, this very accurately and very deeply, the environmental crisis. And yet the people around her were telling her to do small things like turn off the lights or use less paper. And so I think one of the big things that people don't realize is that if we're trying to get people to act, it's, it's, it might not be because they don't care. It might be because they care too much and they can't handle it emotionally. So when we give people the idea of starting a team, we're giving them not only the way to be the most effective, but also the way to handle those, the emotional impact of understanding that we're in the midst of an existential crisis. So these are things that, you know, growing up, my parents weren't talking about, hey, we need to be really careful. We need to stand up to polluters or, or we're not gonna have a livable future. Like people weren't talking about that, but I was sensing it and feeling that 
that crushing feeling, just like Greta talked about. And so it wasn't until she started that climate strike that she found her voice, that she was able to get out of her depression and find a way forward. And so I think these, some of these concepts of this, this framework is really important because if, if you just go straight to trying to start a project and you don't understand the bigger context, then it's, you're likely to not have the results that you want. And that's what we're all about, right? Is trying to make this kind of massive transformation quickly. So then the third part of the book, highly sensitive people, most AD and ADHD teams are misdiagnosed as many are highly sensitive. This term is not used in America like it is in Europe. Oh, that's interesting, Wanda. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I think like that to understand that it's if you are highly sensitive, then you feel this very deeply. And and actually everybody, you know, we're all animals. We're 70% water. We rely on, you know, we rely on all this stuff. And it's it's so obvious, you know, we're eating food, we're drinking water all day long. So even for those many that have been brainwashed to have a disconnection from nature at our deepest level, it's a, it's a longing, a, a desire to care for that, that is not going to go away. And so I think it does create a lot of um, mental health issues and also compulsive behaviors because it's like, ah, what do I do with this angst? And so the, this is why it's so important, the idea of starting a team, is that you have a place to work through that with. I know when we started the Congress Park Neighbors Green Team, we met in a church basement, and it was like like the scene from the, the Night of the Living Dead or something where all the zombies come out. Like we all came out and, and we're together and we're like, oh, wow, you know, you, you understand this. I don't know if that was a good analogy, but, you know, we just were like in our normal circle, people thought we were kind of crazy. Like, why do you care so much about trees? Why are you such a nut about recycling? What, what's all this about composting? Like when you're surrounded by people that don't understand you and you can step out of that and step into a space where people do understand you, you don't have to apologize by about being freaked out about the state of the planet because other people can can support you and commiserate with you and affirm that yes that's a real thing and yes we need to do something and let's do it together so this this idea of starting a team is something that is just so overlooked if you go to any list of top climate actions they'll tell you what to do but they don't tell you how to do it and the how is to do it with the team so then the third part of the book is the the step-by-step -step action plan. And this is where the, you know, the metal, what is it? The metal meets the road, the pedal to the metal. I don't know what it is, but this is where it all happens. And, you know, the step-by-step the -step process that you go through to do this. And the, the book, as I was saying, climateactionchallenge.net, you can download it right now for free if you're listening to this in August. Um, so you get this whole action plan. And so you start with your, your personal vision statement and then you and your 
your hero's journey story. So you basically start with yourself, like why is this important to you? And then you, you decide, you commit three hours per week and to, week, to meet weekly for this 90-day period. And um, so a couple things about that. Number one is that the, the concept, the rubber meets the road. That's it, Susan. That's where it is. I knew there was something meeting the road. <laughs> That's it. This is where the rubber meets the road. Um, so, so two key things that you do in that first section where you're just getting started, in addition to your vision statement, your, you know, figuring out what your why this is important to your life. Number one is you commit three hours per week. And I call this 2% for life. And what this really means is that, you know, we're on this planet. You see these pictures of our planet floating in space with this tiny little covering that is our atmosphere that's keeping us from just being sucked into deep space. I mean, we won the lottery by getting a ride on this planet and by getting to be humans and be in this beautiful space. So 2% for life means that in exchange for having a body, for living here, for being part of this big ecosystem, I will spend three hours, which is 2% of my week, protecting the planet. I'll be doing something proactively because what we found is that the powers that be have other motives. They have motives around money, financial gain, power, whatever it is that they're doing that ends up destroying our planet. I mean, the, you know, the biodiversity committee, the UN biodiversity committee says we're running towards a cliff. Like that's not a good thing. <laughs> so we need to be able to change things up and it's going to take time. So three hours per week is the number one. The other one is weekly meetings. So if you take up this challenge, which I hope you do, you can register at that same place, climateactionchallenge.net. So if you take up the challenge, what we're saying is in 90 days, you can take this idea that's in your head and make it happen. But one of the, the, the foundations is a weekly meeting. And so let's say it's just you to start with. You reach out to somebody else and say, hey, I'm going to try and do this thing. I'm going to try and get it going in 90 days. I'm trying to get eight people on my team. I thought you might be interested. And they say, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Then you say, great, because we're having a meeting next week. And well, actually, you're my first one. So when would work for you? <laughs> and so you get the two of you. And then you reach out to somebody else. And they're like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, great. We have a meeting. It's coming up next week. Okay, cool. It's at this time. Oh, I can't make it. Um, all right. Well, when can you make it? And you just you work on it and figure out as many people as you can get together. But weekly meetings is critical because what most people don't realize is they think that they're going to have an idea and then do it. But what actually happens is that you, you have a little bit of an idea and then you, you only figure out what you're really doing through conversations with people that also care about it. So your, one of your next steps is to figure out your vision and mission statement, but you can't do that alone. You have to do that through conversations with people. So you might say, hey, I want to start an eco club at the school. The next person says, well, I wanted to do get that uh, community, the school garden going again. And someone else says, yeah, I really care about what the kids are eating. I want to make sure they're eating more vegetables. So 
maybe you can find some overlap in your mission and all work on this thing together. Or maybe you're like, okay, that's a that's going to be a separate project. We need some other people for this. But the only way you're going to figure it out is by talking and by having those kind of regular meetings. So that's that's the first part. In the next part, you start identifying exemplary models. You Because I don't want you to start from scratch with this. I want you to go out there and find who are the award-winning school eco-clubs? What is the city, or maybe you want to do something around racial justice. What city has the best uh, laws, the best community engagement with their, their police and their communities? What are their, how did they do it? What, what was their, what are their initiatives that they passed? How, who are the people that did it? What were their meetings? Like you just want to dive in and figure out if there's something that you want to do, how did they do it? Um, and, you know, so, so one thing I kind of skipped past was the different types of things that you could do in this challenge. We've got one of the guys that's one of our mentors is working with different universities to do environmental voter registration. And he's found programs out there that have everything all set up. So all he is doing is letting them know about that and helping their teams figure out goals for themselves. And then when you have multiple teams, they can be competing with each other and challenging each other to, to excel more and more. So, so that's the, the second part of the book is all these different steps about finding your 100 ideal partners and creating an annual plan, holding a day of action, holding a community forum. And, these are all things that I did none of when I was in in uh, Niwot for 17 years trying to make an impact and was able to get one recycling center in because I didn't understand about working in a team and doing this kind of step-by-step -step stuff as we went along. Um, so with that, I want to, I'm if, if you guys have any questions, definitely put them in the chat. Um, but I do want to tell you just a tad about the Climate Action Challenge. And, um, okay, my mouse just died this morning, so I have to use this other one. I'm going to try and share my screen. See if this works. Love when it does that. So if you're interested and you're like, you know what, I want to, yeah, I want to make an impact. I'm, I see that things are not happening in my community, that nobody else is taking control. So if you go to climateactionchallenge.net, from the homepage, there's a couple things you can do. One is you can figure out how to actually join the challenge. And the other is that you can get the book. And the book is free at the moment. So you should definitely do that. If you want to join the challenge, then the way we have it set up is you can just hop on and sign up for a free webinar. So I'm doing live webinars on Wednesdays where what's cool about that is that whoever's there can tell me, you know, in the chat, okay, I'm going to first start by asking you, what's your idea? What's your idea? What do you think that you might want to be able to do in 90 days? So we're going to first start with that. And then I'll be able to tell you all the cool things that we have set up. And one of the coolest is our mentors. And we have this incredible array of mentors from around the world that have expertise in everything from 
sustainable fashion to tree planting to renewable energy and working with kids and schools. We've got marine biologists and chemical engineers and people that are here to help you figure out things with the circular economy and uh, how to link racial justice and uh, taking care of the poor and all that together. All right, so with that, I just wanna say thank you for hanging out and thank you for being interested in, in taking care of Mother Earth. I mean, it's just such a gift that we get to be here. And our, our track record so far as humans is not so great. We're very young species on the planet and our, our biological elders who are all these old trees and older species can teach us a lot. And the indigenous cultures are often the interpreters that, that are the ones that know. You know, there was, when the Dakota Access Pipeline protests were happening, you had um, the Native Americans standing up as water protectors saying, you know what, this is not okay. This pipeline that you're planning is, is not, safe for our water and the water is the most important thing so that that wisdom that insight was met with water cannons and rubber bullets and people getting brutalized and arrested and and so what we're looking for is a world where when an indigenous person speaks up and says hey guys you know this is what's really important here as far as taking care of our planet as our first and foremost. What we're working towards is getting to a point where that is the, the, the most esteemed and respected point of view. The Supreme Court just recently, I think it was a Supreme Court, one of the courts just recently said, yeah, the water protectors were right and you need to stop that Dakota Access Pipeline immediately. So as we're moving through all of this and trying to manage it all, you know, it's a lot emotionally to handle. And I'm just so happy to be in this with all of you working on it together and uh, forming these teams and doing this International Climate Action Challenge and just so excited for, for things to come. So thank you. And again, hope to see you somehow in the challenge as a challenger or a mentor. And if you read the book and you want to leave a review over on Amazon, which might help other people find it and help them make an impact, I would be honored. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a beautiful day. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let the rubber meet the, mo the road and uh, move forward. All right. Have a great day. Bye.